communicate your value more than to don't don't have the attitude that people will see how good I am once they see the the product that I sell or the service that I offer. Make sure that you your interpersonal skills are strong because they will speed your fa- your they'll speed your success faster than your technical skills will. People want to know why you're the best choice and and why customers are happy for you. But you know you don't talk about yourself at first, but make it all about them in the beginning. And then once you've created a connection with your customers, then slowly start to let them see what you're all about, why trust is important to you. And I find that makes a huge difference. It puts the customer on my side. Welcome, friends, to The Entrepreneur Speaks. I'm your host, Kofi Anumedu. Each week, I host an amazing entrepreneur on their journey, successes, and challenges. It is my hope that we'll learn from their experiences as we all work towards living a life of passion and purpose. My guest is a business owner, international speaker, and author. He is passionate about helping entrepreneurs and small business owners excel and provide a great life for themselves and their families. My guest today is Terry Berg. Welcome to my show, Terry. Thank you so much, Kofi. It's great to be here and uh, excited to have this opportunity to share with you. Let's get to know you some more, Terry. Can you please tell us a bit more about yourself and how your childhood was like? Okay. Um, I own a painting company with my name in it, Bag Painting Incorporated. I'm I'm going to be 62 in a few days, and I started my business when oh, I was okay. 18. <laughs> so, wow, wow, yeah. wow. <laughs> so it's been 43 years, and I still love what I do. Okay. Um, I grew up in a big family. I had seven brothers and sisters, and I was the second youngest. And the thing that I think that affected me the most growing up is having older brothers and sisters. I was always trying to keep up with them, and we were all kind of like athletes, you might say, in various sports. So we everything was a competition at home, it seemed like. And to get attention, you had to be a winner. And sometimes you didn't have to be, but there was always that competition between me and my brothers. And it, and it didn't change throughout my whole life. It transferred right into my business as well. Mm. So at which stage of your life did you decide to set up your business? And was your first business the painting business? Yes, it's always been my painting business. Even when I was in high school, I worked for one of my older brothers who was putting himself through college as a house painter. And even after I got done with school, I tried other jobs, but I kept coming back to the painting business. Not so much, I don't think that I love the painting. I love being an entrepreneur. I like being in control and make my own choices. And I wanted the success I find in my life to be up to me and not working for a big company. So please tell us a bit more about your painting company. What's the name? What exactly do you do? Okay. My company is my last name, Beg Painting Incorporated. And as I mentioned, I started it right out of high school. And there were times when it was really tough, but we just kept, I just kept pushing forward and pushing forward. The first eight or nine years were really, really difficult because I, I had no customers and I was just trying to figure everything out on my own. But once I did figure that out and found a, a niche in my business, everything just changed for me. It really took off. But at first, it was very tough getting started. 
So apart from getting customers, were there other difficulties you faced when you started? Can you share some of these difficulties with us? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I really couldn't get the hang of it. I, it was the painting part was easy. I found figuring out how to paint after all, it really isn't that difficult, but it was having good customers who wanted to hire me and to pay me. And that was a struggle because I got young. I got married at a very young age. I was just uh, 21 and my wife was 19 when we got married. And I promised her a good life if she married me at that age. And and it wasn't that way. The first couple of years, we really scraped and struggled. And it was really added a lot of stress in my life because I made her those promises and I just couldn't figure out how to get it going. I tried working hard. I tried working smart. I tried anything you could imagine. I I just couldn't let my business go and take a real job. Although looking back, that might've been a smarter move early in my career, but I was so independent. I wanted to figure everything out on my own and it, and it, paid a price for it. Those first few years were really hard. So you mentioned some of the difficulties you faced when you started. How did you go about um, um, overcoming these difficulties? Overcoming, Can you share yeah. some of the things you put in place? Okay. Um, I suppose the biggest difficulty right off is I was 19 when I started, but I looked like I was 14. I had kind of a baby face, I was always told. <laughs> and and customers, when I'd show up at their door, you know, they were looking for my dad to show up. They they didn't believe that I was the owner of the business. And I was really hard to build any trust and credibility. But one of the first things I finally did to get past that is is I, I just decided instead of trying to cover it up and look older, I'm just going to address what is the elephant in the room that I look so young. And I would try to spin it in a way that I would say, I understand I'm young, it's obvious, and I don't have a lot of work yet, but if you'll trust me to paint your house, I will do the best job I can do. I'll work on it every day. Honestly, I didn't have any other work anyways. And I said, I'll be there every day and I'll make sure you're happy with the job. And And I worked for a very low price just to try and get a foothold at first. And that seemed to work a little bit. I started getting a few customers at that time. Very, very interesting. Um, so you've been in business for over 40 years. What would you consider as your biggest win? What would you consider as your biggest win? The the biggest win, win that I had. I think yes. um, this is probably going to sound crazy to you, but eight about eight years into our marriage, I I just I wasn't getting any traction, as I said. But then my wife said just three little words to me that changed everything, and they weren't "I love you." They were "Terry, I'm pregnant." And I can't explain <laughs> it, <laughs> but <laughs> there was just something about her saying that that made me more or less wake up. I said to myself, I'm not going to raise a family. I felt bad enough about my wife having to live the way we were living in just a tiny little apartment and struggling for every little thing and to pay the bills. And once I knew I had a child on the way, that seemed to change everything in my mind. I said, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make some changes. And that's when my career really took off. But I needed that motivation of knowing our first child was on the way. Um, so you, you, you've been at this for a very long time. Can you please share some of the lessons you've picked up along the line? Some of the, the biggest thing looking back, I wish I would have changed earlier, was really just believing in myself that I, I could do it. I, I knew I, I had something to offer. I had value to the world. And just seeing that and believing in myself, it took me all those years, and I wish I would have done that sooner. But probably my biggest thing that I learned right off, and it's a major point to the book I've written, is 
it isn't so much about your technical skills in your career, whatever it is that you do, but if you could work on your personal or interpersonal skills, that'll speed your success faster than your technical skills. Because I realized once I started communicating with my customers and tell them what I knew they wanted to hear, not so much what I wanted to tell them. Once I figured that part out, my business just blew up. I doubled my income in less than a year before my son was born. And then over that next year, I, I doubled it again because I was able to hire a crew. I had so many companies trying to hire me or, or homeowners rather, because we painted people's homes that I just focused on a certain little niche and it just gets better and better every year. Are there, are there other lessons you picked up you'd like to share with us? The, as I said, the first one was communicating my value to my customers. That, that was more important than everything. I found than anything else. I found a lot of people in my industry, a lot of painters, they want to let their work speak for itself. And what I discovered is, is when I was doing that, there was other painters out there that were selling themselves, selling their, their, what the customers wanted to buy, which is really trust. And once I learned how to communicate trust with my customers, everything changed for me. And I still keep tweaking that system and that process, but that was the biggest thing. The next one would have been, I learned to a certain niche in my business. You know, there's a lot of ways to paint. You can paint inside, you can paint outside, you can paint cars, brush, roll. But for us, it was spraying aluminum and cedar-sided homes on the outside because when we could spray, we could do them very, very quickly. The the skill level was pretty low for most of the guys because all they had to do is just cover up the windows and the doors and the cement and the roof and everything. And one skilled guy who was usually me would come in and spray everything out. And we were able to turn over a job almost every day in a very short time. And those were the two biggest things that changed things for me. Another one I might add was I joined a, a professional association. They were called NARI, which is the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, which is popular here in the United States. But once I joined up with them, it's like Everybody looked at me in a different way. I was a professional all of a sudden, just like them. I had, I didn't have to prove myself anymore. So that was a big one too, was joining a professional organization and even joining an organization like Toastmasters that helps you to communicate your value. Those were two big things right there that helped me as well. Uh, you, you earlier on talked about some of the challenges you faced when you started off. Did you at any point in time consider giving up? Oh my gosh. Yes. There were a lot of times I wanted to just quit. I wanted to, when I was trying to hire people and I couldn't get good help, I wanted to just go back to just me. But I, but every time I wanted to do that, I would just stop and think for a second and think, no, this is what I want. This is what's going to work out because I'd even tried taking a few different jobs earlier on when I was struggling, but I never lasted more than a week or two at any job just because some people are, are, destined to be entrepreneurs. And, it, and I had to go through that process first. So that was probably the biggest struggle was knowing that this has to work. And when your back's to the wall and people are depending on you and you have no other options, which is what I felt, you'll figure out a way to make it happen. And that's how it worked out for me. But I, I never stopped, no matter how well we were doing, I always tried to take it to another level. And I still do that to this day. You're also an author. Can you tell us about the books you've written so far? Okay. The, my, the book that I've written, it took me years and years of thinking about it. But even then, once I started writing, it still took me a couple of years to finish. It's titled 
attract and keep customers for life. But it's the subtitle that sort of communicates what the book's about better. And, and the subtitle is Four Abilities to Build Trust, Communicate Your Value, and Charge What You're Worth. And what I did is I created a book. Basically, it says what the difference was for me, which was communicating your value and building trust so I could start charging what I was worth. And now in my area, I think I charge, I'm sure I charge more than any of the other painters, but people don't question my price and they don't get other bids because we've built a reputation and I built up trust with my customers. That was it. They're, they're loyal customers. Even though many of the houses we paint don't need painted again for 12 to 15 years, I still do a repeat customer at least once a week. So even the, and also I haven't advertised now since 2012, but my business still continues to grow every year, even without any advertising, just because of our reputation. Wow. I'm, I'm interested in the bit about you not advertising. So how do people get to know you? Is it by word of mouth? Tell us about that bit. How do people get to know of you? Okay, okay. Now, now it, it kind of is by way of mouth. But in the beginning, I was doing things like um, setting up my painting business at um, home and garden shows at the malls around where I live. I'd just put a little display in there, and people would come in and and see me and find out about me. Uh, another thing that I did that helped a lot is I went to our local newspaper. This is while newspapers were still popular before the internet, and I would ask them to do a story on me. And since it was here in town, they would always do a nice little story for me with my phone number at the end. And and then I would buy a little bit of advertising then just to keep my name out there. And it seemed that those two things were the best ways that I found to kind of get some traction and get things rolling for me was um, being in the home and garden shows in the spring and trying to find newspapers that would do like a, a human interest story about me. And I And I talk about both those things in my book. So you, you talked about how to communicate effectively and build or instill trust. Um, can you share some tips for my listeners? If we want to effectively do these things, what should we consider? How should we if go want, about them? Okay, just so I'm understanding you, how do, I, how do I talk to them so they understand that I'm communicating value? Exactly, exactly. Okay. Uh, there's, there's, there's little things that the first thing I do, and again, I, I also have this in the book, but it's, I go more into it, into a course that I'm in the process of creating right now, where I talk about, there's three phases to the sale. There's the before the sale phase, the during the sale phase, and the after the sale phase in the before is more about just letting the customer talk and listening to what it is they want you for, what they're hiring you for, because Honestly, don't don't take this the wrong way, but if there's business owners out there, but most customers really don't care about us. They really want, they're hiring you, they're calling you because they want you to fix their problem. That's why you're there. So in the before the sale phase, I do little things like just simple little things like being on time and stopping, not talking so much and listening more and being impressed by what they're saying and create little connection, connecting points. That's what I call the connectability phase. And then the next step is the during the sale phase. And I, that's what I call the trustability phase is during that same time where you're, that's when it's your turn to talk. And, and there's little things that I do and say that help build trust. Like I guarantee that I won't turn a bill in until they tell me they're satisfied. You know, as contractors, we all do that, but we really don't use that as a selling point. And that's just one of six examples that I do. Another one is I, I show them proof of insurance because 
you have you're supposed to have business insurance, but most contractors don't buy it if they don't have to. So I, I make sure they know that and I give them proof of insurance. And I like I said, I guarantee that they'll be happy. Little things like that I do that build trust. We will find ourselves in this whole COVID nineteen era. Has it had any effect on your on your operations? The the COVID pandemic? Yes. Has it had any effect on your operations? This is probably going to sound crazy to you. When it when it first happened about a year ago, I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do for my business? But the way it worked out is I have more business than ever because here in the United States, people really aren't around to, allowed to travel or, or are afraid to travel. So they have extra money, the money they were using on vacations. A lot of them are fixing up their homes. Plus, they, they also get uh, stipends from the government every once in a while, and they're they're using that to fix up their homes. A lot of them are. So not just the painting industry, but a lot of the pro home improvement industry right now is doing well. And we're having record years because of the pandemic. I, I guess that's an upside for me, but I, and I feel bad for a lot of people, but the homeowners that are staying home, they're, they're looking at this as an opportunity to fix up their home. And, and it's worked out really, I'm, I'm, I feel blessed that I'm in the right business at the right time, I guess, for that. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you draw your inspiration from? Where do you draw inspiration to do all that you're doing? Um, a lot of my inspiration comes back to my family. I'm, I'm very focused on my family. I have two kids and they were the ones that always inspired me. Probably because I, when I started out in life, you know, I promised my wife if she married me, you know, I said, hit your wagon to my star because I'm going to be something. And, and she trusted me. And I felt like in those first years, I really let her down. And that became my motivation. And, and it all started from my wife telling me that, that she was expecting our first child. So whenever I look for motivation, I look to them. I want to be able to take them to Disney World or spend some time with them on the weekend and not just be working all the time. So that's what's really pushed me to make my business stronger year after year after year. And even to this day, it still does now because we just had our, our third grandchild yesterday and now I want to be able to spend time with them. My, my one son lives at the other side of the United States. And when the pandemic's over, we want to be able to go out and stay with them for a month instead of a week. So I use my family is, is a big motivating factor for me. And also I want to be able to pay it back and, and help other contractors who maybe where I was once help them be where I am now just by learning some things that I did that made a huge difference in my life and in my business. All right then. So where can we get copies of your, your, your books? I'm sure my, my listeners will be interested in purchasing copies of your books. How can they get copies of them? Absolutely. The, probably the easiest way is to go to amazon.com and just either put in my name, but my last name is spelled funny. So if you just put in the title of my book, it'll, it'll take you to it. I believe the, um, the, um, the Kindle version is, I think it's three ninety nine. And there's also a paperback ver version that you can order. And I, I believe that's $13.97, something like that. But you can get it on Amazon. You can also go to my website at my name, terrybag.com and order the book there. But I think it's just a link that takes you over to Amazon. Oh, okay. 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 All right. So what are some of the ways we can sharpen our competitive edge? Can you offer some useful tips that businesses, small businesses can do to sharpen their competitive edge? Do, 
to to excel in their own business some advice for that is that was that your question yes okay if if you're in business and you're struggling especially if it's a service business remember you're it's it's not brick and mortar you know people don't have to come to you you can go to them in other words find where your ideal customers are and then find a way to get in front of them Sometimes when I was first starting, I would make flyers and I would pass them out into in the neighborhoods where that where they had the types of homes that we wanted to paint. And that helped a lot too. So my advice would be be proactive about your marketing and don't be afraid to get out there and talk to people because if if you are in a service business, it's local and it's one-on-one face-to-face communication. And even if you're not, there are great places where people can find you such as, well, if, if there are websites and, and like there around here, there are different places where you can see online reviews. And if you have a place like that, make sure that the reviews are great. And if they're not, reach out to the people who gave you a bad review and, and try to work it out with them. We have here in the United States what's called the Better Business Bureau. And if anybody ever has a complaint, I have a chance to go in and make it right with them. And I've only ever had one or two complaints. And it was mostly just because I didn't get back to them quick enough when they called me. I I just was so busy. I wasn't able to. But be sure your online presence is strong and do everything that you can to build trust. And it's those little things that matter, like being on time, you know, keeping your promises and being where you said you'd be on time and wanting to understand the customer's problem and really understand what it is. And so you can become the answer to their, their problem, even if it doesn't fit your skill set, maybe you can point them in the direction of somebody that can help them out. So always be of service to your customers and look for ways to stand out in the community always helps too. All right then. Um, Terry, we are just about wrapping up our conversation. You've been in business for over 40 years. If you were to start this all over again, what would you do differently? Hmm, That's a good question. I think what I would do differently is I would believe in myself. Even though I was very young, I never, I looked at it like I was shy. I was timid. I didn't want to talk to them. I felt like they didn't want me there. If I could do one thing differently, I would have went in with an attitude that I know what I'm doing. I offer a great service and just communicate that to my customers. And I didn't do that. I just, I, because I didn't do it, I ended up with the jobs that no one else wanted. And it was like a race to the bottom because that, that was what I, I attracted was when I didn't believe in myself, I, I attracted the jobs that paid the least amount and they were the hardest people to work for. So if I had one thing to do differently, it would be to have a strong belief that I have value in the community and that I'm worth the price that I ask for. That's the biggest thing I would change because it took me nine years to get up to speed. And those were hard years. Thank you so much. We are just about ending. What will be your last words for my listeners? My last advice would be communicate your value more than the don't don't have the attitude that people will see how good I am once they see the the product that I sell or the service that I offer. Make sure that you your interpersonal skills are strong because they will speed your fa- your they'll speed your success faster than your technical skills will. People want to know why you're the best choice and and why customers are happy for you. But you know you don't talk about yourself at first, but make it all about them in the beginning. And then once you created a connection with your customers, then slowly start to let them see what you're all about, why trust is important to you. 
And I find that makes a huge difference. It puts the customer on my side. Thank you, Terry, for sharing your rich experience with us today on the Entrepreneur's Peace Podcast. We wish you the very best. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kofi. It was, it was a pleasure to be here, and I wish everyone out there the best of success. Thank you. Thank you, too. This has been another exciting episode of the Entrepreneur Speaks Podcast. I'll come your way next time with another exciting interview. I remain your host, Kofi Animedu. Stay safe, and let's continue to keep hope alive. Cheers. Cheers.